I'm Coach Seb, and this is Running New Mexico. All right, joining me today, I have Lindsay Herman. She is a trail runner, graduated from Albuquerque Academy, um, Western Colorado, uh, ran with the uh, trail running team at Western Colorado and is currently helping coach it and has uh, worked with the Adidas Terex team as well. So thank you for joining me today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm I'm really excited about this. I'm I'm glad we got this worked out. <laughs> yes, me too. You know, my first question is, how did you get into running? Um, I really got into running, I would say very initially because of my dad. Um, my dad before like since I was really little, my dad ran like he ran a bunch of road marathons when I was little. Um, and we would kind of always do like the holiday 5Ks together. So like on Thanksgiving or Christmas or 4th of July, that was our thing to do together. Um, so that was like really where I started to get into it. And then, yeah, like I played soccer and alpine ski race growing up. So I would, I liked, like I enjoyed running just to stay in shape for those things. So yeah, that was kind of like, through high school, that was what I, like, that was why I was into running. Um, and then when I was 16, though, I decided to run the Duke City Marathon because I just, for some reason, was like, oh, that'd be cool to run a marathon before I turned 17. So I ran the Duke City Marathon um, when I was 16, and then I kind of, still loved running, but I didn't know that I would want to do it competitively necessarily. <laughs> it, it always surprises me when, you know, uh, somebody in high school wants to do a marathon because it's just, it's, it's a long, it's a long distance. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and was that just kind of inspired because of watching your dad do them? Yeah, I think so. I think, yeah, I don't know why. I just like, I think just, yeah, the idea of like having that goal and like, I was like, oh, marathon, like that is so far. That would be so cool just to like have done one once in my life. So, yeah. That's, that's kind of funny. It's kind of cool because we're talking, um, the day we're recording this was the day of the Duke City Marathon this morning and it was, uh, really cool to see after a year of not not a lot of big races to see so many people coming together and running and and just really having a good time even though it hurts <laughs> yeah yeah I think I found that here too just even some of the smaller races I've been at whether I've been like coaching or running like I feel like because they didn't happen for so long it like feels even more magical like having people together absolutely <laughs> so uh you know you talked about doing soccer and and nordic skiing you know was that something that you kind of 
Um, I mean, I know because there, there's a Run Spirited article and I'll link it in here as well. But you talked about going to Western because of the the, the ski team there. Uh, was that something like you already knew, like you wanted to go the skiing route instead of the soccer route? Um, I definitely debated the two when I was looking at colleges. Um, I did some, I went on some recruiting trips for soccer also. Um, but yeah, I think, I don't know, I guess, yeah, I was feeling like a little bit burnt out on soccer. Um, so yeah. And then just seeing, I visited Western and like skied with their ski team a little bit and like, it was so much fun and like, so cool that you can ski every day of the week, even when you're in school. And so I think that really drew me in. I, I can see how that would be a nice little, you know, incentive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when did you start uh, soccer? Mm, when I was like four years old, like as soon as you could start playing soccer, I was doing it. Cause that was another thing that my dad did growing up um and then my older brother played soccer so it was just kind of the natural thing to do <laughs> that's cool but i have i've have heard that from a few people where it is like they get in soccer so early that by the time they get out of high school they're kind of just a little burnt out like you like you're talking about yeah yeah i think so and at first when i came to western i was gonna try and maybe do both like ski race and be on the soccer team but then I don't know I, I I'm glad that I didn't do that because I think that would have been a lot and I don't know I like I think it was a good point for me because I don't feel like I missed out on anything with soccer so it was a good choice well that's good <laughs> so what is the Nordic skiing, like you're talking about, like, what exactly does that mean? Because I know a lot of people that probably listen to are familiar with with soccer for sure <laughs> and trail running. Uh, but like, I'm not exactly super clear on what like Nordic skiing necessarily means. So I actually did alpine ski racing, which is even weirder because it's even more different from like running. <laughs> um, but it's it's like the kind of ski racing that you might watch in the winter Olympics with like slalom and giant slalom where they have the red and blue gates and they go around them. Okay. Um, that makes sense. Your, it was your dad that did the Nordic skiing, right? Yes. Yeah. My dad was a Nordic skier. Okay. That's what, yeah, that's why I got confused, but so that's, yeah. that's crazy. That's like super fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely liked that. Like growing up just skiing, I always liked to see if I could scare my dad by like going too fast. <laughs> um, but I think that was why a few years ago I hurt my knee ski racing and had to have surgery and everything. And so I think that kind of was the turning point for me for skiing. Like it was never quite the same because I was too afraid of getting hurt after that. I can imagine, I because uh, it was you. You crashed on a course, right? Yeah, I was at um a 
training camp in Mammoth, California with the U.S. ski team. Um, and like an hour and a half into our first day, I crashed and like tore stuff in my knee and fractured my femur. And <laughs> wow. I mean, I can I can see how that might be a little like, I don't think I want to do this anymore. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I tried, I like, I did race a little bit after that, but yeah, I don't know. It's, I enjoy skiing for fun now. Although even now I think I'm always like too worried about being injured for running. So I like, I don't know. I'll do it very, very casually. <laughs> well, that makes sense. But I mean, I, it's, I feel like at least from what I've seen and, and watched, like, you you pretty much have to be fearless, right? If you're going at those speeds down the mountain, like you have to kind of be going without fear. And so even just a little bit of like, oh, I don't want this to happen again could completely like <laughs> mess you up. Yeah, definitely. And I think that at some point too, I think that makes you like more likely to crash when you're nervous, but so... Yeah, I think it's best to just keep it casual now. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a good idea since you've uh, you found some uh, success with running as well. Yes, yeah, I'm really excited. I feel like it's um, cool that I kind of have a non-traditional path to competitive running because um, I think that it'll serve me well. I think there are like, even studies that show that people who played non-traditional or not non-traditional, but like team sports growing up and then got into running have like lower risk of injury and stuff. Um, so I'm excited and trail running is really a sport that like I'm pretty young in, in the field of competitive trail running. So I'm really excited for what I can try to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's cool. I mean, cause you are, like you said, you're getting into it in a young age, but from a completely different tangent than a lot of other people. Yeah, exactly. What is that, um, adrenaline rush from like Alpine skiing to trail running? Like, is that comparable at all? Cause I can feel, I can see how like alpine skiing would definitely be like this huge rush and trail running is almost more of a, especially over a long period of time, a little bit more delayed. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I kind of feel like they, as sports, they're like complete opposites. <laughs> um, Cause you definitely don't get that same kind of rush with like a 50 K or a 50 mile run. Um, yeah, I I definitely think the adrenaline factor is not similar at all. Um, but I don't know. At the same time, like getting to the start line of even like a long race, um, even though it, yeah, I guess there's like a delay. Like the start is really exciting and then the finish is really exciting. Um, but yeah, it's very different. So it's, yeah, it's kind of weird that they are complete opposites, but I also feel like even on my ski team in high school and like soccer, 
I always loved the like fitness practices or when our ski coach would sometimes make us hike up the hill instead of taking the chairlift. Like those were always my favorite days. So I feel like deep down, I was meant for the, the long haul, the endurance sport. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That <laughs> um, <laughs> when you when you played soccer, what position did you play? Um, I was usually an outside midfielder. So th those are the ones that run the most usually. So. <laughs> and that's what I was wondering, because that's that's typically a lot of the the soccer converts into running tend to be kind of those midfielders that are running so much during the game because they have to be so fit. Yeah, I think that was always my like, that was my like secret weapon in soccer it was especially later into the game, I could like, still hang on when other girls couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> so like you, you, you talked about kind of getting into running younger and, and doing all these five K's with your family and then even running a marathon. What, um, after your, your injury through skiing, what drew you, I guess, to the, to the trail team? Um, so I, I actually was on the trail team from the beginning. I kind of like happened upon the coaches in the gym one day my freshman year um and decided to do it so because for skiing in the fall we would have just like dry land practices with weights and things like that um but and the fall is really like the biggest season for the trail running team so I kind of did a mixture of the two for my first two years. Um, but I always thought that running was just going to be my thing that I just did for fun. But my personality doesn't seem to work that way. Like <laughs> once I do something, I like want to be the best at it. <laughs> um, and yeah, so like those first two years, I was like, I'm going to keep running fun. I'm so competitive about everything else. And then now it's like running is my one thing that I want to be really competitive about. So, <laughs> um, so I think after my injury, when then skiing didn't feel as fun for me, or I wasn't as into ski racing, um, I decided, I really just decided like one summer, it was, it would have been the summer of 2019. I kind of just decided I would, I told my boyfriend, I was like, I want to be the fittest person on the trail running team when we go back to school. And then I just like, that was kind of when I started focusing more just on running and then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Were you, I mean, you had done a marathon already, but that was on the roads and, and you had seen your dad running on the roads was it intimidating to think about doing these trail runs yeah um i did so i think i don't remember if it was my i think it was my second year at western so it would have been after my knee injury um i did a an ultra with the trail running team I did a 55k 
Wow. Um, but I was so not prepared. Like I was not in good enough. Well, I mean, I finished it. So obviously I wasn't good enough shape, I guess. <laughs> but, um, and I didn't know anything about like fueling long runs or any of that. So I like, and when I finished that 55K, I was like, this is not for me. I'm never <laughs> running an ultra again. Like, I don't think so. <laughs> so, yeah. So that was like, I feel like looking back at that, it's like a whole different person. Like, um, so yeah, I did it. And I think it helps to have the trail running team to make it a little bit less intimidating. Um, Cause there were people on the team who did, hundred miles and things like that. So when they talked about a 55 K it was like, it was nothing. So I think that like made me more willing to just go for it. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious, like you said, you didn't really know too much about fueling, but how much like, you know, a lot of people who are, who are getting into the trail runners kind of later in life or after college, they don't, they may meet some friends, they meet some people in the community, but they don't really have like a coach who's, or a team that's working with them, you know, through that. How much did they, you know, try to kind of talk to you about proper fueling before the race and all of that? I think I, now that I'm coaching, I try to do a really good job of talking to athletes before because I realized how important um, fueling long runs is. Um, but honestly, I I love my coaches. One of them I work with now and they were awesome. <laughs> um, but I think because I wasn't one of the more competitive people on the team at that time, I like, they told me to eat, but like, I wish that I would have had more guidance because I felt like I didn't have very much guidance as far as that goes going into that run. Um, but I also, I mean, I didn't, I didn't ask for it either. I think I was just like totally oblivious. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that it is one of the most important, like I found now that fueling well during those long races and long runs, is like one of the most important things. And I think it is something that most people get wrong because they don't have any idea what to do about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you're doing like a trail team in college, because most of the people I've talked to, again, it's it's out of college and they're they're coming to it and they're just signing up for these races when you're doing it in college, is it the same way? Like, do you guys just find certain races or do certain colleges put on races? Like, how does that work? So we're really the only collegiate trail running team like this. Um, that's more than just a club, like with coaches and structured training. So we're trying to, to get other like Colorado and Utah and New Mexico uh, universities to to build a program like ours. Um, but right now we just go to trail running races. Um, so like our big ones, our big one we do every year is like the Moab trail marathon, which is the 
USA track and field. That's their like trail national championships for the marathon. Okay. So we use that as like our big one. And then we just go to other trail races. Okay. That's kind of cool. I was, like I said, I had no idea. Like, uh when when you were we were talking back and forth before like i was like oh there's trail teams like i had no idea <laughs> yeah yeah it's definitely yeah i think yeah it's pretty unique our coach um he used to coach on the ncaa side at western at the head coach and so it's pretty neat it's it's really cool opportunity for people who maybe I, whether they're like burnt out and don't necessarily want to run NCAA, but they still like want structured training and still want to compete. Um, it's like a pretty cool route. We also have a lot of people who like will do a year on the NCAA team and then get burnt out and come to our team, which is great. We love those people. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I think it's, I mean, like you said, you know, trying to get other schools in Colorado, Utah, New Mexico, I think that's great. I mean, we have so many places, I mean, between those three states that are really conducive to that. And I mean, Western, for those of you that haven't been to Western, I mean, it is in the mountains. Like, <laughs> I, I got to imagine the trails you get to run on every day are pretty awesome. Yes. Yeah. It's easy to take for granted. Whenever I travel and like go, if I'm like in a city or something, it like really makes me realize when I'm like trying to plan a run when I'm traveling and it like feels like it takes so much work to get to the trails compared to here. Like you just run from my house half a mile and have a whole trail system. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> uh, and I think, um, you know, you talk, you mentioned something earlier about how you wanted to come into the trail running team. And that's when you kind of got serious. And over that summer, you, you talked to your boyfriend about wanting to be the, the fittest on the team. And did you mm -hmm. come out of that feeling like you were the fittest on the team? Um, I definitely was way more like, I was definitely in the like com more competitive group of athletes on the team um, compared to where I was before. Um, but yeah, that summer also, I like didn't have very much direction. Like our coaches sent out kind of like a general plan for the summer, but mostly it was like building a consistent base over the summer um we didn't have like during obviously when we have practices and stuff we have like daily training um but so that summer i didn't really have much direction and i kind of fell into the like more is better for everything <laughs> um so i was running a ton and super consistently which I mean, was good in some ways, like it did get me more fit, <laughs> but then, yeah, I kind of, I definitely have the all or nothing personality. And so, um, I kind of went all in on like running as much as possible 
And then I fell into the trap of like seeing people on Instagram and like having this image of what I thought the fittest person on the team would look like or be like. Um, and so that was kind of when I started having like a rocky relationship with food. And so it like putting the two together, I was all of a sudden running a ton and then like eating a lot less. And so I think I felt fit when I first got back to school in the fall and then slowly I like got injured. And then I was like, <laughs> yeah, it was like the season started out really awesome. And then it like slowly went downhill because that's not sustainable. <laughs> right. And you talked about that in, again in that article and, um, and you kind of mentioned it here, you know, when one of the quotes you had in there was like people telling you like, Oh, you look awesome. You look so fit. And it's not like, it's hard almost not to get in that trap because people are based on fitness, not necessarily on how your, uh, your strength, but just purely based on looks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that that was what made it hard because coming back to school, then I like hadn't seen these people all summer. And then yeah, it like gets reinforced. Um, and so, yeah, and that's what I've found too. Like, that's kind of such a problem, especially in the running world. I think it's true in a lot of sports, but um, yeah, like people will base how fit they think someone is based off just looking at them. And I found that that's like really not true. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, exactly. And I mean, especially for someone, I, I mean, again, across the board running, you need to be properly fueled for your body to be strong enough to be able to compete at the highest levels or to really just compete at all. And, but, you know, if you're if you're out there for, you know, trail running, ultra marathons, like doubly so, because you really, it is so strength based, you have to um you you have to have that that strength in your body and and those calories and that fuel and everything to be able to carry you through hours on your feet yeah definitely and i think that's that's been something cool as i've gotten to um meet and kind of hang out with more of the like really competitive trail and ultra runners that i found is that like they like they're strong they don't they don't look like the tiniest version of themselves so that's been really cool and like really helpful for me too yeah that makes sense and it, and i get it like it can be hard like you look at some of these the, on the men's side and the women's side these professional runners on the track and and marathoners these road racers and they are thin but they really are i mean most of them are i mean they're they're in the weight room they're eating they're doing it's just that they're putting on so many miles that it's uh you know it's balancing <laughs> i guess yeah definitely yeah and i think that's the other thing is that like learning that your body will adapt to the training so if you're like fueling yourself enough and doing the right training like your body will adapt the way that it should to support your training right 
So sticking on the topic of food for a little bit, now that you've learned a bit more about yourself and, and ultra running, do you have any uh, go-to fuel for your races? Um, so I work with a company called Untapped, um, and it, they're out of Vermont, and it's a maple syrup company. I've heard of them. Um, yeah, they're awesome. They So it's really just pure maple syrup. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and they do have some different flavors, which helps sometimes. But um, yeah, so I had tried kind of like a bunch of different gels and I don't know, it, like none of them really worked well with my stomach. And so then I tried untapped and it's really awesome because it's really easy to get down. It's like very liquidy. <laughs> um, and I mean, at least for the first few hours, I feel like I look forward to it. <laughs> um, and then I also, I try like little potato noodle things. Like it's basically just a more fun way to have potatoes. <laughs> um, I, I tried those and I used those during uh, the Silver Rush 50 mile this summer, those along with the maple syrup. But in training runs, the gnocchi was awesome. But then trying to eat it during the race, like I couldn't do it. So I ended up mostly fueling that entire 50 mile on maple syrup, <laughs> which wow. definitely by the end, I was like, I never want maple syrup again, but <laughs> I came around after, after a while, but it was, the nice thing was that those, since it's so liquidy, like it was easy to force down and I just knew that I needed the calories. So. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, some of those gels, I mean, I think every ultra runner has said like, I'll have my whatever gel. And at a certain point, I just never want to see them again. But it is like a lot of them are are very are very thick, and it's mm -hmm. like I can I can see how after a while you're like I just need something that's gonna go quick, you know, like yeah. I almost don't even have to taste it, like just. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I've been doing now since since then. I do um just like a tortilla with jelly, and I roll it up and cut it in half and those have been working for like a real food option because during the longer stuff it's nice or it's better to have like some sort of real food option also right it makes sense for sure i mean the gels are great i mean they offer a lot of calories that you need but you're definitely going to get a bit more from for some real food yeah <laughs> um you know, so you, you talked about the, the Silver Rush uh, 50 miler, you know, you did that back in July and you were 14th overall and the first woman. So what, what did that feel like? That was awesome. That was, I feel like such a breakthrough race for me. Um, and I really didn't expect it to go that well. 
Um, like the night before in my hotel room, I was like looking up the cutoff times and wondering if I was going to make them. Like <laughs> I was panicking. That I wasn't even going to be able to make the cutoffs. Like, <laughs> I was getting so nervous. Um, and then that morning though, I just kind of decided like, why not go for it? Like if I blow up and I don't finish, then I'll do another race. But, um, maybe I should kind of like just go for it and see what happens. Um, so yeah, so that was pretty cool. And, and even during the race, like, I don't know, I, I, well, at first I didn't, I really thought I was like middle of the pack and I passed a photographer at like mile seven and they were like first female, but I didn't really hear them. And I was like, I don't think that's what they said. And we're only seven miles in, like it's a 50 mile race. And then we passed another person like a few miles later and they were like, you're the first woman. And I was like, I, I don't think that's what they're saying. Like, <laughs> I don't think they're right. Uh, and so, um, yeah. So then I went, I actually at mile 10, like went off course for like a quarter mile on accident. I like, added a little climb but luckily <laughs> I was with a guy who knew what he was doing and realized that that was not the course um and so when I went back on course the second place girl had caught up to me um so we were kind of together for a little bit and then after the next aid station at like mile 15 she went to the bathroom in the trees and then um I didn't really see her again until the it's an out and back. So when I turned around, I could see everyone else. Um, but yeah, I just, I was like definitely really timid and like mentally preparing for every, like to get past the entire time. Like I was like, it's okay, Lindsay, like you're not going to win, but it's going to be okay. Because <laughs> very not confident. <laughs> and then when I, um, at the end, you kind of go up a little, like the back of like a little ski hill, and then it finishes down the front of it. Um, and so I was kind of in the trees, like going up that ski hill, and I knew that I had like less, probably less than a mile, and I started to be able to hear the finish. Um, and I got to a point with some flagging and I couldn't tell which way I was supposed to go. And I like shouted to these guys who were, I don't, they weren't with the race. I think they were just camping or something. And I was like, do you know where I was supposed to go? <laughs> and they just kind of stared at me and I was like, great. <laughs> and so I guess they were, there was flagging where you weren't supposed to go. Like it was supposed to indicate not to go that way, but I did go that way. And so I added like a loop and it, I didn't realize I had added until I got back to a point that I had already seen before. And I was like, oh no, like those, I, so I assumed that the other girls behind me had definitely caught me. Um, and cause I added like a mile and a half long wow. loop. Um, but then, so then I really, I was like bummed, but then when I got down to the finish, they were like, 
holding the tape out for the first female and I was like so surprised so I really didn't know until the very end wow that's pretty awesome <laughs> yeah that's really cool how does how is that like you know I've talked to you know several people ultra runners trail runners and they talk about how awesome the community is what is that like you know in the middle of a race a 15 miler and like you said you know a mile 15 or so you're you're running along with your competitor you're you know the second place girl or you guys are going one two i mean what is what is that like in in a in a trail race because i know it's a little bit slower so there's you know can be some conversations and stuff yeah i think it is so different i haven't done that much road racing so um but yeah the trail running community it is like i don't know if it's just that these distances are so long but it is like even though you're competing you also totally feel like you're in it together like um yeah which is so awesome like i don't know it's like you want to win like I, you want to beat that person but at the same time like yeah you're like in it together like when you know you're going to be out there for eight hours or whatever like there is this like some sort of bonding that happens like we were totally talking and like in the um yeah i guess that race yeah i was like we were totally chatting like i was asking her about what other races she had done and, <laughs> and like talking to her about what she was doing for her nutrition strategy and like all of that so which i think is very different than like a high speed road race <laughs> right <laughs> that's really cool <laughs> um you know just recently you you came back from a a trip to austria what was that like and do you want to explain a little bit about what that was yeah so i um well our the head coach for the trail running team at western um is sponsored by adidas terex so um like we get uniforms for the team and everything from them um so i kind of had that connection to adidas and so it was the like the friday before labor day i got an email from the team managers for the international terex team and they were like hey lindsay we'd love to talk to you about a few projects that we have coming up so they set up a meeting for me for the next week um so then I did that meeting with them and they basically invited me to um, go to Austria and they were they put on a race there in Austria and it's um it's a pretty unique race it's like a relay style race um so it's teams of three athletes um so I got to be on a team with two of their pro athletes um and then they did a team camp after the week after the race. And so it's pretty cool. The team, it's not necessarily like, um, like it's not like a 
training group, like everyone has their own coaches. Um, but then it's all part of the Terex team. So the week was really cool. We got to meet with product designers and um, do like, yeah, like meet with product designers and like hang out with the team. And so it was a really, really cool experience to get to meet all of those people and see what like the professional trail running world is like. And to see trail running in Europe is so much bigger than in the United States. <laughs> That's what I've heard. And the pictures you were posting on Instagram were amazing. Like it looked so beautiful out there. Yeah, it was gorgeous. And the mountains are so steep <laughs> compared <laughs> to our mountains. <laughs> Um, but at least it was at a lot lower elevation than what I live at. So that was helpful. <laughs> <laughs> well, that always helps coming down. And I mean, when you're living at 7,000 feet in, uh, Gunnison, it's, uh, most places are going to be below that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> was that, was that your first time? Yeah. So it was kind of, a. go ahead and continue with. Um, oh, I was just going to say it was kind of a whirlwind because Labor Day weekend, I ran the Grand Traverse, which is a 40 mile race. And then like three days later, found out I was going to Europe in less than two weeks <laughs> um, to, to run over there. So that was like, yeah, it felt like a, such a whirlwind, but I'm glad that I did it. And then I, yeah, so that was my second time in Austria, I'd actually gone to Austria for ski racing when I was in like eighth grade. Well, that's cool. So you got to experience it as a skier and as a runner. Yeah, exactly. So it was neat. <laughs> that is, that does sound good. <laughs> that's pretty cool. I mean, again, it's cool that you've been able to kind of have these um, different aspects to your, to your life. And it, and it seems like it kind of um, they kind of build on each other at least a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so we had talked a little bit beforehand because I was talking about how many races you had done this year. Cause you started off with the desert rats 50 K in April, then the silver rush 50 mm -hmm. in July, um, the grand traverse that you just talked about in September and you were scheduled to do the Havelina. 100 100k but you talked you've got a little uh hip injury right now yeah i think well it happened right when i got i felt it like the first day that i ran in austria um and it was really just like oh my hip flexor kind of hurt a little bit and then I tried to write it off like, oh, I'm just tight from being on the plane. And then the next day I was doing a shakeout the day before the race and like, it like, hurt pretty bad, but I was like really trying to convince myself that it was nothing. And, um, and I like talked to my coach about it, but in all fairness, I probably downplayed it a little bit to him. And was like, yeah, it's just my hips just a little bit tight, but I'm not worried about it. And then the morning of the race, that was the race I did there was um, 
about 24 miles with like 10,000 feet of gain. <laughs> and like that morning, I like had to help myself lift my leg to put my shoe on. Oh. So I shouldn't have raced that day. Um, so I, I ended up dropping during that race, but I made it like nine of the 10,000 feet of climbing, but <laughs> it was ridiculous. Like I was lifting my leg with my hands. Like, um, so I should have, I think if I had just like taken a few days off, right. When I felt it, it would have been fine. But instead I climbed 9,000 feet on it. Um, so yeah, but it's, getting better i've had like some really good runs the past week and a half or so and so slowly building back up to my like normal base training um but i don't i think i don't know i might be able to finish javelina if i did it but i don't really want to do it just to finish it i'd rather be smart about it <laughs> i think that's a great plan <laughs> <laughs> yeah what is your i mean your leg injury from skiing kept you out for quite a while i think almost a year right yeah it was um it was kind of crazy with like insurance too because i really wanted a surgeon in colorado to do it that i knew here um but my insurance is from new mexico so it took us a really long time to get the surgery approved. And so I ended up in total being on crutches for like six months, um, which is also, I like think in talking to my physical therapist, I actually think this hip injury could be related to a weakness on that side. That's just now catching up with me. Um, because my like glute and stuff on that side is a lot weaker so it makes sense yeah so my you know have, having done that and having this kind of bigger injury you know do you feel like you have i guess a little healthier um relationship with with knowing when to take off i mean i know you said you still kind of ran through it but you you just posted a couple of days ago uh this really nice kind of post about injuries and just really realizing that you need to take the time and let yourself heal and and all the stuff that we're supposed to say but rarely actually do <laughs> yeah um yeah i definitely think that i've matured a lot as an athlete in that way and i have an amazing coach i'm coach by um david roach he's based out of boulder um and him and his wife have a company called some work all play and he like i 100 trust him which is really really helpful um so in general i try to be as honest as i can with him um uh, about injuries and or like as soon as something little comes up and so that's really helpful because yeah, like I think even with this injury, I would have tried to run on it sooner. Like I gave, I gave it a good like eight or nine days off of running, which I don't think I would have done without having a coach. So 
yeah, I think that that's super helpful. Just like having someone that I trust a lot with my training. And so I just, whatever he puts on my training plan, that's what I do, which is helpful. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I mean, a good coach makes so much of a difference with just little things like that. Like sometimes it's not so much like what to do, but what not to do. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yes. <laughs> You know, having come from, again, soccer and skiing and, and even though running was part of your life, when did you really kind of, I guess, consider yourself a runner? Because that can be really hard for some people to be like, I'm a runner. <laughs> yeah, I, well, part of me feels like I like still don't feel like I'm a runner, which is, I, <laughs> I don't know, that's. <laughs> but um yeah I think I guess kind of my last year on the trail running team when I started like really really focusing on running um unfortunately I like I had a good year but that was also when I was struggling with the eating stuff and so I was injured then for a lot of that year especially towards the end um, but I feel like that year is kind of when I started like focusing on running and that was when I started to be like, okay, this is my like main sport now. Um, and then, yeah, I wish that like, I think for other people, I would definitely say like that you don't have to be competitive at races or things like that to be a runner. Like, if you run, then you're a runner. <laughs> um, but I think I like hold myself to a different standard and maybe didn't start thinking of myself as a runner until I got more competitive. <laughs> and I, I think that's the problem. I, cause I, th I feel like everybody says that, like, if you run, you're a runner, like, it doesn't matter how far, it doesn't matter how slow. And, and people can say that, but then when they kind of pull it back in on themselves, like, but I'm not fast enough. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm not good yes. enough or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I still, I don't know. I still sometimes feel that way. Like, I'll even tell my boyfriend, I'm like, I don't know. Like, if we're talking about something, I'm like, another athlete who I'm like super impressed by, I'm like, wow, like, they're so athletic. Like, I'm not very athletic. And he's like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> that is what you are but it's it's way harder to feel that way about yourself <laughs> it is it's uh oh man it's the worst part of human nature i think <laughs> that lack <Yes>. of confidence <laughs> yeah i think, think um the term like imposter syndrome that comes up a lot <laughs> um and I definitely feel that I, yeah, I think that's something too, like just to understand that no matter like how much success you're having in a sport, like that doesn't go away. Like, I don't know. I still feel like I like have trouble feeling like I'm a runner, even though I'm doing all these ultras and like dedicating hours every day to it. <laughs> uh and and i've talked to a few people like that it's 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 funny you know putting so many hours into something like well i'm not really a runner like 
for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah. Yes. How, how many miles do you get in a week? I'm curious with, with the ultra running. Um, I, my base training is not crazy high mileage. It's usually between 60 and 70 miles a week. Um, and my coach, well, he coaches people who run all a very wide range of like miles per week. Um, but yeah, I feel like some of his well-known athletes are known for not being the highest mileage. Um, so I don't know, I guess I, I feel like it's pretty individual, but I also feel like maybe people who aren't as into ultra running think that like to do these long races, you have to put in like huge mileage, but that's actually not true. Like I went through my last year on the trail running team, I was adding all sorts of mileage to what we were doing with the team and was probably hitting like more like high eighties to low nineties, um, for mileage per week. And I'm like a way faster and stronger athlete now than I was when I was doing that. So, um, yeah, I think that's been cool to see like miles per week is like one measurement for training, but it also is not everything. Yeah. And I love that because it, and it is, everybody's so different on what they, what they need. And it's uh, like, you t I'm glad that, you know, you talked about the individual um, kind of programs because everybody's going to have a different way that they're kind of coming into and how much they need and, you know, what's going to help them keep their legs fresh to actually compete and stuff. So that's, that's cool because I think a lot, I mean, even I, before doing this, I mean, I've talked to some people and I've, I, I was like, Oh, you have to be doing over a hundred miles a week, right? <laughs> and they're like, "Oh no, <laughs> I couldn't survive doing that." <laughs> yeah, yeah. My one of my um, favorite ultra runners. She runs for the same coach that I do, um, Claire Gallagher. She's won Western States hundred, and she's also won the Leadville hundred. Um, but yeah, she, like, I think leading up to some of those big hundred milers, like she'll have weeks that are in the fifties and like, um, which like, and clearly she's like kicking ass at those races. So it's pretty cool. Like to see that. Yeah. So how did you get into the coaching side of it? Um, I, when I graduated from Western, I think I just like, wasn't ready to leave the team. Like <laughs> I loved the team so much. And then, um, I also think like, cause I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm helping with the trail running team now. And then I'd love to get into like individual coaching also. Um, but yeah, I think just wanting to like stay part of Western's team because of how cool it is and how unique it is. Um, I kind of approached them and then they also approached me because when I was on the team and as far as, as long as the team's been around, 
Um, it's just been two male coaches, um, which is awesome. But I think that there was definitely a need for a female coach on the team. And so I knew I wanted to stay in Gunnison and that I wanted to stay around the team. So that was kind of how I decided to try and coach Western's team. That's great. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I think that any, you know, I hope any, if there's any high schoolers listening and they're interested in the trail world, they'll keep you guys in mind. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yes. We love talking to people and like having people come visit and do a run with the team or meeting people at races and things like that. Yeah. Well, I, I think, um, I think this is a great place to kind of wrap up. I think those, I, I really enjoyed kind of talking to you and getting to know you a little bit more and getting some insight. Um, you know, I definitely have, I have one more question for you though. And that's the last question I ask everybody. And that is, uh, what do you listen to, to kind of get you pumped, get you going, uh, maybe get you ready for a, for a long run or, a, or a race? Um, Eminem is definitely my go-to most things by Eminem, but, um, um, till it collapse is like, that's the last song I listen to before every race. That's my, that's All right. my go-to. <laughs> a good one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, like I said, this was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed talking to you and I can't wait to, you know, hear what else you have on the horizon and, you know, see what 2022 brings for you. Cause I think, um, I mean, you're so young. I think you're just getting started, which is awesome. Yes. Yeah. I have so many plans I'm excited about for next year. So it's going to be good. That's good. I can't wait. I can't wait to see. And, and then I can have you on and, and talk about those. <laughs> Perfect. Sounds good. <laughs> is there anything else you'd like to add before I let you go? I don't think so. Thank you so much for having me. I'd once again like to thank my guest for their time and thank you for tuning in. If you have the opportunity, please rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts or just help spread the word. Music was provided by Philip Friedman. You can follow him on SoundCloud at DJ Teach. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at RunningNM. Feel free to drop me a line or shoot me an email at runningnewmexico at gmail.com if you have any questions or know of someone who should be interviewed. In the meantime, keep running, New Mexico.